Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. some activity so hopefully we'll see something and yeah and we'll we'll see what's going on we've got a lot of activity happening right now and it's not fair <laughs> just give me that ball <laughs> you see that i saw a red ball too my name's nate gormley i uh i was invited on this trip just to uh to have a have an experience and i did um We've seen a lot of activity tonight, a lot of ghosts. We caught three, or Jeff caught three. He's the only official ghoster of the group. Uh, I'm probably gonna get certified when I get back home, though. What do you think now, Tyler? Yeah, Tyler. Come on. Talking to you, bro. I mean, I'm pretty good ventriloquist, but I'm not that good. You can see me talking right now, can you? You guys believe in these ghosts? Got a good fact. It's a soul from the dead sea. Pretty good, you. We okay? Well, these times you got to really get it good. Yeah. Yeah. He's a pretty big one. Yeah. I brought this soul. This has come from the dead sea. Salt. And it's ghosts do not like salt. So before we'd enter a room, I would make sure that there wasn't any ghost that was going to be hurting us, because it's the mean ghost that don't like this. The good ghost, they don't care. So I would just clear, clear a doorway, clear a room before we'd all enter, just so we're all safe. So that's what the salt is for. You need to go come for a word there? So this is the floor with Theodore, the lady, digging in her purse. Real close to my room. I'm a little concerned though because Jeff caught a ghost on every floor except for my floor. So um, he's gonna let me sleep with his salt tonight, just in case. Well, what is this? Right Why this? is it behind you? Did you see this right there? Right there. Oh my see? gosh. It's moving on the carpet. <laughs> it's right there. There it is. Right there on the carpet. <laughs> what in the? I don't know what this is. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm afraid no ghosts. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little worried. Um, obviously, I mean, it is 11.53 at night, and I haven't been up that late since I was in high school. So we have one more week of Urban Legends. Um, if, this is, if this is your first time here, um, a couple of things. We don't believe in ghosts. We're we are just having fun, right? We believe... Church can be fun and life-changing at the same time. And 
Um, there are a lot of people on that video that do believe in ghosts, and we drove them crazy the whole entire night. Um, we ran them out. They were getting angry at us, and we were having a lot of fun. The angrier you get, the more fun I'm having. Just ask my wife. Um, so... If this is your first time, I forgot to do this. There is a uh, uh, Connect card in the seat back in front of you. Would you fill that out for us? Drop it in the boxes or in the Connect Center in the lobby. Hang a left. We would love to connect with you, answer any questions that you might have. We've got a gift for you as well. So please, please, please make sure and take time to do that. Today, as much fun as we've had, um, I, I truly believe this. Today is a sermon that can absolutely change your life. Today is a message, I'm gonna be speaking about something that we have really, really dismissed and we've really, really minimized that if you cannot just hear it, but you can apply it, right? Because information plus application equals transformation. If we can apply the word of God to this area of our life, I promise you today it can change your entire life, the entire trajectory of the rest of your life. And um, there are a lot of us, this whole series has been, there's been a lot of us, we believe in things, we've been told things that are myths, that are urban legends. And just because we believe them to be true doesn't mean that they actually are true. And so we're gonna talk today about driver's ed and first impressions. Driver's ed and first impressions. And we're gonna get right into it today. My first point is this, and it's the myth that we believe on the regular, and it's this, I can look at whatever I want and it won't affect me. Oh, we're gonna get after it today. I can look at whatever I want and it won't affect me. Here's what our culture says and many of us believe that are watching online, that are here today, is that what I look at isn't a big deal. And we think that's true in regards to TV shows that we watch on the regular, to movies that we watch, to what we watch online, that I can watch something and it not have an effect on me. What I watch isn't that big of a deal. Right now there is a show that is going off like crazy in Europe. Um, my wife was telling me that she had seen these on news channels. Um, thankfully, she hadn't been watching the show. But um, that it is a dating show that they pick their mate based on how they look naked. And it's not like, it's not like on a show you have to like subscribe to. It's on like regular TV. And Europe is watching it by the millions. And their face isn't revealed until they pick a person, right? Boys and girls alike. This is how they're picking their person that they're going to date. And, and I say that, and there was a literally loud gasp. And here's the deal. You and I know this is wrong, right? Come on, come on. we know this is wrong. Europeans, no, they know that they shouldn't watch it, but they're still watching it. And, and the question comes around to, well, then why? Why do we keep doing what we know we shouldn't be doing? And the reason is, is because we have bitten and we have bought into a myth that simply isn't true. We believe we can watch, we can look at, we can view things, and it not have an effect on our lives, on our future, on our present relationships, on our spiritual walk with the Lord. And some of us, maybe that is you today. You think that, well, I'm mature enough to handle that. I am good enough to handle it. And here's what Jesus would say, you've never been more wrong in your life. 
This is not a Justin Graves opinion. This is what comes literally from the Gospels of the Bible. And it says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 through 29. You have heard the commandment that says, you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So, if your eye, even your good eye, the older you get, the more sense that verse makes, right? You're like, oh, I got a dominant eye. Jesus, Jesus knew. He's like, even your good eye, right? So, <laughs> so if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Well, maybe Jesus is overreaching and overreacting just a little bit. No, that wasn't the case. Jesus knew exactly what was at stake because he knew what you look at is a big deal and it matters. Because here's the deal. Lust starts with a glance. Addiction starts with a look. And you going where you never thought you would all starts with you looking at something you know you shouldn't. Let me say that again. You going somewhere you thought you never thought you would starts with you looking at something you know you shouldn't. And here's the truth. Most of us in this place, most of us watching online, we know this. We feel this. There's a conviction to it. But the question is, will you listen to the conviction or will you push right through? Because here's what I have come to understand when preparing this message is that when you become numb to conviction, you walk in compromise. And some of us, that's where we are. We become numb to conviction and the reality, the alternative is if you become numb to conviction and you don't listen to conviction, what's the alternative to that? Is that you start living your life walking regularly in compromise, doing what you no longer know you shouldn't do. When it's no longer a big deal, it's acceptable to us. And some of us, we say, well, Justin, it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? I've had people come up to me and say, you know, Justin, I've got an addiction to porn, but it's just porn. All right, and that's a culture we live in. Well, it's just porn. It's kind of regular for most of us to, to look at it. No, 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 no. Guys, it's porn, right? I, I don't preach on porn a lot, right? It, it's uncomfortable. But some of us are like, well, it, it could be worse. I could be cheating on my wife. No, 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 you have to understand, you are cheating on your wife. Right, well, it could be worse. I could be cheating on my husband. No, 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 you have to understand. You are cheating on your husband. And this isn't Justin's opinion. This is the word of, this is what he's saying. This is what Jesus is saying. No, 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 no. You need to listen to the conviction. You need to pay attention to the tension, right, that you're feeling that you know isn't wrong. And either we are going to lean into this or we're going to ignore it. And when we choose to ignore it, we start doing things we know we shouldn't do. We start engaging in things we thought would never be possible. Why? Because we ignored conviction and we said it's not that big of a deal and we believed a myth and an urban legend. Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 2 says this. One evening, David got up from his bed and he walked around on the roof of the palace and from the roof he, everybody say it, saw. He saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful. You guys know this story more than likely. This is the story of David and Bathsheba. This is the beginning 
of what should have never happened. Right? This, and Bathsheba wasn't just some Israelite woman. Let me give you the backstory and the context of that. We're going to do that a lot today. This is one of David's best friends. This is Uriah the Hittite's wife. Uriah the Hittite was one of David's mighty men. He was one of David's 40 closest guys. And Uriah the Hittite was in David when everything was bad and he was hiding in the cave. Uriah was there, right? And this is one of David's boys. And David takes a look and a look, something he knows he shouldn't look at. All of a sudden, something he knows he shouldn't do, and he starts engaging in something he never dreamed he would do. And where did it all start? It started with a look. It started with a glance. And then there was an inquiry about who it was and what wasn't ever going to be an option all of a sudden became a possibility. Why? Because it all started with a look. And what you set your eyes on will be what you pattern your life after. What you set your eyes on will be what you pattern your life after. And no matter what you might think today, understand this, what you look at, what you view, what you gaze at, it matters. It's a big, big deal. So what do we do, right? What do we do? Well, we have to understand the truth about this myth. And the truth is this, what you look at steers your entire life. What you look at and what I look at steers our entire life. When my oldest daughter did driver's ed, Charlie went to downtown Bixby, did the coach's driver's ed, and um, at the end of kind of learning everything and sitting in class, the coach picked four of them, they jumped in a car, And he's like, hey, we're going to go for a drive just around Bixby's downtown area. And if you've been down there, you know there's kind of a park in the middle. And there's, you know, they're they're doing a lot of cool things in downtown Bixby. And so um, Charlie had driven a car with me and we'd gone around. So she knew the brake and gas and how to steer. And you don't need to give it a lot of gas, especially starting off. And she got in, got out, and got in the back seat. And then a girl got in the car that had never driven a day in her life. Like, ever. And she gets in, and the coach has to tell her how to start the car, woo, and which one's the gas and which one's the brake. Yeah. And they start driving around. And you know, like, when you're in a driver's ed car, there's a brake on the passenger side. And they start going around, and this girl starts revving it a little too much, and she starts getting out of control, and the coach starts yelling, hit the brake, hit the brake, and she starts hitting the gas and hitting the gas. And she's like, I don't know what the difference is. And he starts trying to hit the brake. His brake doesn't work, right? He's like clicking it, clicking it, clicking it. And she drives through a, like a caution sign on the sidewalk in the middle of the park of downtown Bixby, and he just literally, Wyatt's in drive, just shoves this transmission into park, right? And he goes, I said break, right? Loses his mind. Who was in control? The one steering the wheel. And can I tell you, what you look at is steering your life, and if you don't think so, you are just like the driver's ed teacher, who thought he had control, but his brake ain't working. What you look at, man, it matters. Matthew chapter six, verse 22 through 23 says this. Your eye, 
This is what Jesus is saying. Your eye is, a, is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Right? Some of us, were fooling ourselves. Jesus is saying, some of you think you're looking at the right thing and, and, and you think you're looking at light when you've excused it and you've just pushed past, pushed past conviction and what you're actually looking at is darkness. This word lamp and this text comes from a Greek word called luknos, and it means to show the body which way to move and turn. Let, let that sink in. It means to show the body which way to move and to turn. This phrase, this term, this word lamp is also used in Psalms 119, 105. You know this verse. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And hear me, something today is going to be the lamp for your life. Something is going to show your entire life which way to turn and which way to move. And it will either be his word or it will be whatever else you are looking at. And are you meditating and are you looking at his word on a daily basis? Because if not, no wonder your life seems like a mess. And context matters here, right? When Jesus is talking about this phrase, when he's talking about this part of the scriptures, hear, hear me, the verse before this says this, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Some of you thought this was just a porn message. I'm coming for all of you. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Then verse 23 and 24 hits, and then verse 25 says this, no one can serve two masters. Either he will love one and hate the other, or he will love one and despise the other. No one can serve both God and money. See, Jesus is saying this, what you look at materially is having an effect on your life. And some of us, we are so focused on what others do have and what we don't have that it is robbing us of our joy, it is robbing us of our contentment, it is robbing us of our happiness. Why? Because we are trying to compete with others instead of focusing and keeping our eyes on Christ and what he has for our life. Some of us, we can't watch HGTV without having to do something new to our house, right? Because that's gonna make me happier, right? And your husband's just like, turn it off, please babe, turn it off, dear God. Some of you, your Amazon carts are out of control. Like you can't add anything else because you're just like, when, when I get some more money, bam, I got it. I already got it in my cart. And some of you are removing it right now, like, ooh. <laughs> Why? Because we bought into the myth that more stuff's gonna make me more happy. If I just get this, then I'll feel this. If I just, and this is exactly the context of what Jesus is talking about right now. If I can just go on this trip, then I will be more happy. And we think more equals more happiness, more contentment. 
If I can just get this relationship, if I could, and you look at other people's dating lives, you look at other people's marriages, you look at other people's situations, and you think, if I can just get what they have, and if I can just, and Jesus is saying this, you're looking at the wrong thing. And all it has led you to is being discontent. Your life is unhealthy. Why? Because what you're viewing and what you're looking at is unhealthy. It's not what you're supposed to be looking at and comparing your life to. And the result happens is this, when we keep looking at what everybody else has, what's, every, what's happening with everyone else, we will start watching TV and we start, man, if I can have this, if I can have this, if I could acquire this, if I could acquire this, we become jealous, we become discontent. And James chapter three says this, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting line. Oh, I'm not jealous. Yes, you are. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And and check this part out. James goes for the jugular. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. You don't know why your house isn't functioning healthy. It's because this is what's happening. Most of us, we're jealous of what others have instead of being content and happy with what God has given us. And as a result, there's discontentment in our house because there's discontentment in our lives, right? Parents, you can't have a house full of contentment with your children while you're full of discontentment when it comes to your personal life. And all you're doing is busy comparing and needing more. And if you would just be this, and if you would just be that, when Christ has been everything you and I could possibly ever need, let our contentment be in him, not in this world and not what everybody else has and not what you and I don't have. There's always gonna be somebody with a better marriage. There's always gonna be somebody with a newer car. There's always gonna be somebody with a bigger house. What is going to come and bring you to a place where you're truly content? Where's it gonna come? Because the Bible also says this in Proverbs 27, 20, death and destruction are never satisfied. I love this. And neither are human eyes. Neither are human eyes. You're never going to be satisfied until you come to a place where his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto my path. Where his word is instructing your entire body how to move and how to turn, something's going to be your lamp. The question is, what is it? And, and, and here's the pushback that happens right here. Well, Justin, I'm, I'm mature enough to handle this. I, I'm mature enough to see some nudity in a TV show. I'm mature enough to handle seeing some things that aren't, aren't it's not that bad. And that's what we do. You keep saying, well, it's not that bad. We're asking the wrong question. Not is it not that bad, but is it that good? Is what you're watching, is what you're viewing, is what your kids seeing you look at, is it that good? Well, well, there's just a couple scenes. Hear me, this has been a little convicting to your pastor too. Is it that good or are we saying, well, it's not that bad? There's two total separate situations and cliffs that these two questions are on. And it's gonna lead you to two totally different lives. And maturity isn't sitting there saying, oh, I think I can, I can handle it. Maturity, I love this, lean in if you've ignored me. 
lean in real quick. Maturity isn't trying to get away with something and handle something you know isn't good for you. Can I tell you maturity is when you restrict yourself, listen to conviction, and you stay away from what is dangerous, and you know, and I know, we know this, we know that it's not good for us. That's maturity. That's being a mature follower of Christ because Jesus knew this. He knew that your eyes would steer your entire life. Not your good intentions, not your New Year's resolutions. We're in October, how's that going? You just bought a big bag of candy to hand out to the trick-or-treaters, sure. (laughs) Keep telling yourself that, it's October 1st. Gotta get a rush, no you don't. There's all kinds of Reese's packages crinkled up in a drawer you hope nobody ever looks in, right? Like, I'm doing great, leave me alone. Your New Year's resolutions, hey, they're not a bad thing, but they're not gonna steer your life, your five-year plan, the new book you read, Mm mm-mm. Jesus knew what you look at, what you view, what you focus on, it's going to steer your life. So here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. Change what you're looking at so you can change what you are thinking on. Change what you're looking at so you can change what you're thinking on. On. Let, let me give it to you this way. What you look at has a direct correlation to what you're thinking about and what you're thinking on. And the way you think determines how you feel, and how you feel determines the actions you take. I love it this way. Looks turn into thoughts, which turn into feelings, which turn into actions. How did, it, how did David get to a place where he was sleeping with one of his best friend's wife? Boop. He saw. Oh, I'm different, I'm mature. No, you're not. That's it. That is a myth and an urban legend. He saw. And it led to something he dreamed he would never, but Justin, I would never. Keep telling yourself that. And you will become the victim of your exception instead of learning from someone else's mistake. And that's wisdom and that's maturity. When we start learning from other people's mistakes and instead of ignoring truth, we start applying it. Man, looks turn into thoughts, which turn into feelings, and how we feel about things determines the actions we take regarding things, right? First time I ever saw my wife, Casey. It's her first day at Southwestern Assemblies of God University, if that doesn't sound real, right? Um, And I went to big high school, and this college was like a 1,000 people, max, So I was like, I got this, right? Like I I was on campus, I was a junior when it was her first year, she was coming in as a sophomore. And the first two days when you moved uh, into the dorms uh, of the semester of the year were the only two days guys were allowed in the girls' dorms. So I threw my stuff as fast as I could in my room and I hung out in the girls' dorm the entire time, right? Because I was never allowed in there. I was like, woo, what's up, right? um, I had a ton of friends there, and Casey, I'm going to tell this Casey side, finally, of the story. Um, I never take her side or tell her side of it. So here's, I, I remember this completely different, but here's Casey's <laughs> first impression of meeting me. She goes, all I hear is this really loud, obnoxious guy going room to room, checking out the new girls and meeting all the new girls. I'm like, I knew them all, right? And she's like, no, you didn't. You're introducing yourself. And you're just hanging out and laughing and cutting up. 
And, and then I, I will tell my story. I'm coming down the hallway and I pass Casey's room. I did not know Casey. Casey is on the phone on her bed talking and I pass by and I see this smoke show of a girl and I'm like, yay. And I reverse, I put it in reverse because hey, 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 let me just be honest. This college was small and if there was a good looking girl on campus, you gotta get busy. I mean, you gotta pay attention because there wasn't a great selection. My first impression is smoke show. Her first impression is weird, right? I walk in, she's on the phone. I'm like, hi, my name's Justin. And she's like, okay. Um, I'm like, well, what's your name, Casey? I'm like, well, Casey, where are you from? I'm from McKinney. I'm like, okay. And she's still on the phone just kind of looking at me like, and, and, right? Like, and what else? And I just remember saying this. I go, we're going to be great friends. We're going to be great friends. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, okay, we're going to be good friends. Watch. And I walked out. And here's the deal. We both are right, right? Like, I'm weird. She's a smoke show. And I was like, We've had the best decision I made. What happened? How did, how did us getting married kick off? First encounter, a look turned into a thought. Ooh, I gotta get busy. Turned into some feelings. After a while, her feelings subsided that I was, so, well, maybe not, um, but her feelings, there were feelings that turned into an action. And hear me, it's one of the best decisions. It's one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. And as we view, as we look, it will start affecting how we think. And how we think affects how we feel, and how we feel determines the actions you and I take. And the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through five. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This phrase, take captive, means to bring under control. And if you're going to bring your thoughts under control, then you have to bring your eyes under control. Because your thoughts will always be roaming as long as your eyes are always roaming. And some of us, we're trying to change our thought life without changing the things that we're gazing at and we're looking at and we're focusing on. And if you're gonna change your life, then you gotta change what you're looking at. And Philippians chapter four, I close with this, says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. It means to set, to place. Your thoughts aren't gonna go there, right? You gotta take captive every thought. You gotta capture your thoughts. So we gotta capture what we're looking at so we can capture what we're thinking about. Fix your thoughts. I would even say this, fix your gaze. Place it, be purposeful about it on what is true, what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me. And Paul also says this, and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. This past weekend, Friday morning, I got asked to go to a skeet shooting tournament. How scary is that? Um, I didn't shoot anybody. I didn't pull a Dick Cheney, anything like that. Um, 
First time I've ever done this. And if you don't know what skeet shooting is, there's these fluorescent clay pigeons that come from these launchers and there were 20 stations um, and two, two things going at once. Um, it was everything my ADD mind could do to just stay focused. And I'm with my buddy, Steven, and, and we're out there shooting. I've never done this before. And what the hardest thing for me, I, I've, full transparency, I'm horrible. In case you're like, how are you at this? I'm horrible at this. I probably came in last. Um, I, we shot over a hundred like, clay pigeons. I hit 21. That's how good I was, right? You're like, you are horrible. Um, but that's not the point. The hardest part for me, I've got, I've got my 12 gauge. I've, I've got it. I'm trying to train. I'm, I'm just watching what these guys, oh, they're doing this. I got to do this, right? Like, okay, okay, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but I look like I know what I'm doing, right? Hey, what's this do, right? No, but... And I've, I've, I'm, I'm tracking. And when they would fire the skeet out, when they would fire those clay pigeons out, I couldn't see them half the time. I was like, where'd they go? Like, I just can't, bam, bam. Like, I don't know, I'm gonna shoot. Because if you shoot, you're never gonna hit it, right? But the problem was, I got better the longer it went on seeing the target that I was supposed to hit, right? And if I didn't see it, I never hit it. And it fell to the ground and broke into a thousand pieces. Like, did I hit that one? No, you didn't hit that one either, right? Here's the deal. Most of us, we're missing out and we're not looking at what we should be looking at the most. And as a result, we're missing our target, right? And things are crumbling and things are falling apart. Why? Because you're not, you're gonna have to block everything else out. You don't get to look like everybody else looks. You don't get to watch what everybody else has watched. Why? Because God has called your life to look different. He's called my life to look different. And what you look at matters. And if you're gonna hit the target of what Christ has called you to hit, Man, if your life is really gonna truly be effective and be lived to the full that he has commissioned you and I to live it with, we gotta focus and we gotta set our eyes and our minds and our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting it in to practice. Man, fix your gaze. Fix your thoughts because as your eyes go, so goes the rest of your life. And my goal, my heart as your pastor is for you to hit the target God wants you to aim at. That's it, for you to hit the target that God has called you to aim at. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And Lord, I love, you. I love your word because it's powerful. Lord, your word's offensive to us. It does. It offends us if we're truly applying it. And I pray today that your word offends us today to the point that it brings correction. God, I pray that we would not ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit today because, Lord, there's some of us today, we're looking at people, we're looking at the stuff they have, where they're at in life. We're gazing at the wrong thing, and it's brought selfish ambition, it's brought jealousy, it's brought discontentment in our life. Lord, there's some of us, we're gazing at things we have no business gazing at. And it's leading, it's leading us to a place we know it's gonna cost us. And that's not the target you've called us to look at. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would not dismiss this and think we're mature and think we can handle it because, Lord, we're just fooling ourselves. But today, 
we would make your word a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That we would look and we would fix our gaze on what is true and what is light and the target that you called us to look at so that our entire life will follow your ways, will follow your word, and we will be full of light. Lord, I pray move in us to the place, the Lord, we don't just feel sorry, but Lord, we change. Lord, we don't just feel convicted, but we're transformed. Move us to a place of action today so that we can live our life in a wiser, more fruitful way. Because that's why we're here. And that's the goal. It's in Jesus' name. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.